What's up? What's good, Auburn family? It's your boy, Coach Zane, here today to talk to you guys about uh, coaching staff as well as a few other things. We got a little bit of recruiting notes, got a little bit of everything. You know, that's just how we're going to roll. I hope you guys are having a good Tuesday. Uh, you know, yesterday, nothing too eventful. I think either today or tomorrow, we should start hearing some news on staff hirings and big decisions. But first, let's start talking about the staff that we do kind of have in place. I mean, they're not announced yet, but by all accounts, these guys are essentially uh, in the mix. One of them supposedly already on campus at Auburn doing work, uh, and I believe it. With what you already see in the 2022 recruiting class, it's obvious somebody's putting in the hours already. Uh, Coach Harson has to have been wilding out, man. I, <laughs> I would love, I would probably pay, honestly, to see his Zoom call list right now. Because every other day you just see, oh, yeah, he met with this guy on Zoom individually. He met with this guy on Zoom. He met with this guy. He's not just throwing, you know, like, uh, you know, I'll take these 10 wide receivers and get them on a Zoom call together and we'll just chat and I'll knock all 10 out at a time. He He's one-on-one -on -one meeting with these kids, and that's awesome as far as trying to retain kids, trying to sell his vision for each kid, getting to know the kid himself. You know, it's not just – Harson selling himself to the kids. It's the kids having to sell themselves to Harson. You know, he wants to know who's a hard worker, who makes excuses. You know, how do they feel about the previous staff? What are they looking at? Are they considering transferring? Are they considering going into the NFL early? Uh, you know, these all these things that you have to consider. Uh, anyway, but looking at what Harson's done so far, uh, it looks like he's starting with the administrative side of things. And this isn't what people would call like the sexy hires. This isn't stuff that's going to sell subscriptions or get people out and interested. But this stuff's huge. And the way he's starting to craft it and the size it looks like it's going to be is going to rival the guys that we haven't been able to recruit against. Uh, you know, they're talking about he's going to expand the recruiting department. He's going to take guys who aren't just former coaches, aren't just kind of you know, oh, this is a, a cute job kind of people. Instead, he's going to find people who recruiting, scouting, all this stuff uh, is their career. You know, it's what they've been doing. Uh, but one of the first ones that we're looking at, director of recruiting, uh, you have Cooper Patagna. And pardon me if I don't pronounce some of these names right. I mean, we haven't met him yet, and they really haven't been announced. But Cooper Patagna, he's a guy, he's currently the director of recruiting at Oregon. He really just got there. Uh, but if you kind of go through his profile, uh, he's been a few places before. And what I like to see with this is it, he does have a connection to Harson, but he's not necessarily just, a, oh, you know, he worked with Harson and then he's done nothing else. Uh, he started out working as a intern with the New Orleans Saints, helping them with their operations. After that, he moved into being a recruiting specialist intern with Alabama. So he's been in the Southeast. Uh, from there, he moved to LSU where he helped with player personnel, again, as an intern. After that, he was the assistant director of recruiting for the University of Cincinnati for two years. Uh, and we know kind of how those recruits have turned out. Uh, you're looking at him recruiting guys or helping recruit guys from 2015 to 17. Well, those are the guys who are now uh, junior singers over there at Cincinnati where, you know, they're a player two away from beating Georgia with way less talent. So he helped there. Uh, then he was the recruiting coordinator at Michigan for a year. 
Uh, again, you know, he can trash on Michigan, but still a big job, good experience. From there, he moved to the University of Washington for about two years. They've done a phenomenal job in recruiting. And this last year, he's been at Oregon, where they've seen an uptick in recruiting. So the guy's been all over the place. I mean, it's not a terrible thing. Really, he's obviously younger. He's doing these stints for about a year at a time. Uh, and he's probably just looking to find that job, you know, wherever he's he's looking. He obviously has interest in being in the South with his career starting. Uh, you know, he graduated from LSU and he's been at the Saints. He's been at Alabama. He's been at LSU. He's been to Cincinnati, Michigan, Washington, Oregon. So he's worked his way around. And what I really like, you know, Harson talked about expanding the recruiting footprint. This is a guy that can get that done for you. He's not just a guy who's going to come in and recruit the same three or four high schools in Alabama, pick up a random kid in Texas, and then get another Aussie punter. Uh, he's got a wide network where he should know people, understand things, and he's worked with good groups. Again, these are big names with Cincinnati, you can't sneeze at, LSU, Michigan, Washington, Oregon. Uh, but again, that's Cooper Patagna. Uh, he should be our director of recruiting. It is interesting because some of the other names that have been mentioned are going to have jobs that overlap, and that's fine. What that means is these are going to be guys who can help each other uh, whenever the emphasis or the the problem is, hey, man, you know, we really need help over here in recruiting because it's this time of year, you know, it's a big push. Can my player personnel guy help me? And then vice versa. So with player personnel – uh, slash recruiting. I think he's going to help them both. You get a guy named Darren Usher. Now, this is a guy coming from Boise State. Uh, he doesn't have – we'll just kind of start at the beginning. So he started out – he graduated from Georgetown University. Uh, he also went to University of South Carolina uh, and also University of Miami. So he's been you know, kind of in the southeast, worked his way north. Uh, after that, he helped with – customer service for DC United, a soccer team. Then he was customer service with, at the time, the Washington Redskins, now the Washington football team. Uh, he's helped with sports marketing for South Carolina. Uh, he's also been the football director of operations with uh, Georgetown University. He's also the assistant recruiting coordinator. Uh, he's also a video coordinator. So you're looking at a guy, he's really done a lot. He's not just, again, this guy who's pigeonholed into just player personnel, a guy who's just pigeonholed into recruiting. Uh, Daryl Usher, again, another younger guy, uh, but he's got the experience. I mean, he's been a few places. He's been with Harson at Boise since 2016 as di director of recruiting slash player personnel. Uh, since Cooper Patagna, the last one I mentioned, is mostly only been really in recruiting, I would say, again, suspect that Cooper Patagna would be your director of recruiting. Darren Usher is probably your director of player personnel. But again, there's going to be some overlap there. You know, they talk about synergy in these corporate meetings and all this stuff. But it's true. You know, having that overlap where a guy can come in and help and not necessarily step on your toes, it's just going to be phenomenal in recruiting. The, the amount of organization and rubbing elbows and who you know is so important. And again, what I like about these guys is they're both from the Southeast. You know, they might be uh, living in the West Coast right now. Uh, again, one's at Boise, one's at Oregon. But their their roots come from the Southeast. These are guys that are interested in getting back here. 
you know, this would be one of the bigger jobs they've had. Uh, you know, they have a connection to Harson, so they understand it. And what I really like about Darren Usher is while he comes from Boise, it's obvious that this dude doesn't want to just settle. Uh, a big reason that Harson left, I think there's some emails and people have talked about it, but, uh, you know, Harson mentioned he, they were stuck and he was getting frustrated. Uh, you know, the president wasn't pushing as hard as he wanted him to, to make changes, potentially even changing conference. You know, they weren't building facilities like he would like them to be built. And really, it sounds like his frustrations with Boise lined up with the frustrations of Auburn fans. You know, he just had higher expectations than what he was getting. You know, he wanted to take it the next step. He didn't just want to be, okay, you know, we're Boise and we dominate this conference and we'll just do that forever. He wanted to really take that next step into Power 5 football. Uh, they made it clear they weren't going to, and he came this way. So what that means for a guy like Darren Usher is he knows uh, Brian Hartson. You know, he's worked with him for four years. He knows where Harson's coming from. And if he's willing to make that move, that means he's not okay with being okay either. You know, you don't want this stuff where it's like, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay. It, it's at some point you got to want better. And it can be unrealistic at times. You know, you can want more than what you realistically can earn, but that's okay. You know, they always talk about aim for the stars, land on the moon kind of thing. Uh, and it's serious, you should. And I think that's what Auburn fans are hoping for. Uh, really excited about some of these administrative choices. Uh, strength and conditioning, they let Ryan Russell go. Uh, doesn't surprise me. I think almost every head coach usually brings in their own strength and conditioning guy, especially in today's game. One thing I do wonder is where the announcement is. They haven't really let anybody go without then immediately kind of not announcing, but at least having a clear set guy coming in. You know, uh, I think we let our director of football operations go uh and it's likely that brad larando larando pardon me uh is coming this way we've all kind of heard about him you know he's uh he doesn't follow many people he follows 97 people but brad larando is already following auburn football and he's following alan green again if you click on somebody's followers it shows you their most recent follows so those are two guys that obvious are two follows that obviously kind of give us a sign uh, he might be heading this way. Uh, again, he was in charge of, uh, he was like chief of staff for Boise football. Uh, I could see him being our kind of director of football operations, essentially a middleman. And what these guys do, just to talk about why this part's so exciting, what these guys can do when you make a good hire in these positions is they make it so that coaches can coach. Any coach in the world will tell you. They would coach forever if it was just about coaching. This is what my coach always said. He said, I'd coach forever if it was just coaching. And what they mean by that is they love their sport. They love working with the kids. They love everything that comes with that. What they don't love is the administrative side of things. They don't love doing all the paperwork. They don't love doing all the mundane little, you know, oh, I got to send this email. I got to reply to this email. I got to da, 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 da. And when you bring this staff in, what they do is they serve as a buffer between the administration of the school, you know, not necessarily the athletic administration, but the administration of the school and the coaches themselves. And 
really good directors of recruiting, really good directors of player personnel, make it so that a coach isn't the one that has to sit there and, you know, worry about these kids being in the right classes, showing up to class, you know, getting the grades they're supposed to get, getting the counseling they're supposed to get, you know, scheduling uh, meeting players at high schools. You know, they really ease that process of building relations with high schools. Uh, and that's huge in the recruiting process. Recruiting is already a pain for coaches. You know, it's a lot of travel. It's a lot of time away from home. It's a lot of kind of gassing up these younger kids and being like, oh, man, you're so great. You're awesome. You're going to be the next, you know, Nick Fairley. You're going to be the next Cam Newton. Da, 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 da. And then when you bring them in, you got to do what they call de-recruiting them, which is like, all right, yeah, you're not that great. Chill. <laughs> Sit down and learn, young buck. But you know, that's part of the recruiting process, but I digress. So let's move on. Whew, give me a sec. I'm trying to keep it fast paced for you guys, but let's move on. So looking at the staff, the actual football staff, the guys who are going to be coaching the X's and O's, uh, the ones that you really want to hear about. With, uh, with our head coach, obviously, Brian Harson from Boise State. Offensive coordinator, we really haven't heard any concrete names. Uh, you know, they say that Lebby, the offensive coordinator for Ole Miss, is supposedly interested. I think that would be a good choice for not only recruiting, but, you know, if he even remotely calls the plays at Ole Miss, there's a lot of unique, interesting things that they do. Uh, um, I would be interested because they keep saying that whoever the offensive coordinator is wants to kind of bring their own offensive line coach with them. Uh, and I don't really know much about almost his offensive line coach, but uh, so Lebby's one guy to look at. I haven't really heard a lot of other names for offensive coordinator. Uh, not, not that I have caught any steam, if that makes sense. Like I've seen options, you know, guys connected to Harson that would understand the system. Uh, but I really haven't heard any concrete movement there. Uh, for quarterback coach, you would think that Harson's probably going to be the guy to work with quarterbacks. Uh, he might bring in another guy, but that's part of why Auburn brought him in was to develop uh, that position. Looking at running back, uh, Del McGee keeps catching steam. I mean, he keeps building up steam. Uh, it's not something I want to get too worked up on because, you know, these things – fall through all the time. Some people say ABC and then it ends up not being true. Uh, but you know, Del McGee would be huge. He, for those that don't know, he's the current running back coach at Georgia. He's a former wide receiver converted to defensive back at Auburn. Uh, he's a phenomenal recruiter, like probably top 10 recruiter in the country. You want to talk about you know, if you have to replace Cadillac, he's the one guy that if you bring in, I don't see Tank moving an inch. Not that I see him moving anyway. You know, we talked about that a little bit on the last pod. But Del McGee might only not uh, might not only just keep Tank. He could likely bring in a transfer from Georgia. Uh, their running backs feel group is really crowded, uh, and one of those kids might feel compelled to join him uh, with Del McGee. To get him away from Georgia, you're obviously going to pay more. I mean, that's the name of the game when stealing somebody from a rival team. But you're going to pay more. He's probably going to be a co-offensive coordinator. They're probably going to give him that title. I would be surprised if he wasn't also the recruiting coordinator uh, and maybe even some fancy title like assistant coach. They throw these things on so they can pay guys more money. Uh, with co-OC, you know, I, I think some people – 
would be like, oh, no, what does that mean? Da, da, da. He hasn't called plays. The thing with co-OC is I think Cody Burns right now is technically a co-OC for Auburn. Uh, so that's a it's an interesting title, and it depends on who's doing what as far as what you actually do with that. But Del McGee, make no bones, would be an absolute steal for Auburn. Uh, looking at the receivers and the defensive backs, you know, I don't, I haven't heard any name uh, names for receivers. I haven't heard any names for uh, offensive line yet. Brad Bedell is a name that's been brought up. Uh, I think it's important to pay attention to what people are actually saying there, though. They're saying that Brad Bedell is likely coming with Harson. So he's the first on-the-field coach that everybody seems fairly confident is coming, okay? But with Brad Bedell, they're also saying the capacity he's coming in might not be purely offensive line, okay? So he's a guy that played in the NFL for about six years. Uh, I think he started four times, bounced around a little bit, but still had the ability to be in the NFL, stay in the NFL. Uh, you know, he's coached last year in their first full year, or not first full year, but last year in their actual full year of football. He had four guys make all conference. He had a guy go into the NFL draft. Uh, you know, he's got the ability. But with uh, Brad Bedell, again, I think what he'll end up being, from what I've heard, he might just do a position group that's not a huge deal. So he might kind of do the HB slash tight end position. That would be your guys like Peguis, uh, Calcaterra. You know, not a complicated group, not a lot of kids to coach. And they're saying he might even be a co-offensive lineman coach. Now, when you guys hear, and I think this is going to happen a lot, uh, especially in maybe a weird scenario where you do get Del McGee and you keep Cadillac, uh, you know, because Dell's a former wide receiver. He could technically coach wide receivers here too. Uh, and he could keep Caddy at running back, and then they could be like co-running back. I, you're going to hear a lot of weird titles. And what this does is it allows you to bring bigger guys over uh, from jobs that otherwise might be close to a lateral move. Uh, but it also does, it shares responsibility. And you hear stuff about Clemson sharing responsibility, and this is what it is. So let's say, hypothetically, you get Del McGee, and he actually is the wide receiver coach, right? Doesn't really matter. He can help with running backs. He's not locked in. There's not some weird rule in football coaching where, you know, you hired that guy as a running back coach. He can't say a word to the receivers. He can't say a word to the tight ends. It's not the case, right? They're sharing responsibility. They're helping each other out. Maybe one day the running backs go with Dell. Maybe one day they go with Caddy. You know, it could just depend on what they're working on. Uh, again, but I haven't really heard a wide receiver name. I haven't heard an offensive line name. Uh, defensive coordinator, we've heard a few. I was really excited this morning to see that the uh, beat writers were kind of talking about Derek Mason actually has interest in Auburn. Uh, he's interviewed at LSU. He's interviewed at South Carolina. I think what sets Auburn apart from those two jobs, if I had to be a salesman, is that LSU's kind of in trouble right now, right? You'd be coming in and you'd be expected to turn things around. They just fired their defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, yeah, they got the talent, which Derek Mason's interested in. Yeah, it's a pre prestigious school. It's got great facilities, easy to recruit to. Uh, but Coach O is kind of on the hot seat already, one year out after, you know, winning a national championship. They didn't even play great defense during that time. It just seems like more of a rebuild than what he would be expected expecting. You know, again, they got the talent, but 
I don't know that LSU is that appealing right now if you're a defensive coordinator, especially if they continue to run or try to run that high-scoring offense. Um, the other school, again, Derek Mason's interviewed with South Carolina. They feel pretty confident there. The, the thing with South Carolina is, does Derek Mason want to go coach for a guy who's never been a head coach? Does he want to go, and you know, Derek Mason's record's terrible as a head coach, but does he want to go under a guy who's zero and zero as a head coach? You know, I think probably younger than him, way less experienced. Uh, and not only that, but South Carolina has cobbled together their defensive staff. They've essentially decided, I think, on two or three of the guys that they're going to keep. So does he want to go into a school where he's being told, hey, this is your defensive line coach. This is your linebacker coach. This is your, you know, does he want to go somewhere where he doesn't really have say in who he hires? And, you know, people go, oh, I want to keep this guy. I want to keep that guy. I get it. You know, I'd love to keep T-Will. And I think he'd interview well. I think if we hired Derek Mason, he's not going to guarantee anything, but I think he would interview Travis Williams, T-Will. And there's a possibility he goes, yeah, this guy's a great recruiter. He's a good linebacker coach. I've known him because, you know, we coach in these same SEC circles. Uh, but the point is you don't want to be told you have to. And I don't know if I, as an offensive coordinator, that I would want to go even into a high school where they're like, hey, yeah, you already have these coaches and you got to keep them. Uh, I don't know that I would want to do that because at what point are you in charge anymore? You know, now you're kind of being brought in as a babysitter of these guys that are already brought in. They've been there longer than you. That creates some issues with kind of like, oh, you know, I know what I'm doing. And obviously I was hired first and that it's a weird dynamic. So we'll see what happens there. Gerald Alexander, uh, defensive back coach with Miami. He's still one to watch. Uh, you know, their season's over thanks to Indianapolis winning their game against the tanking Jaguars. Uh, so maybe his name starts to heat up. Andy Avalos, again, stays a name that people mention. He's currently in the running to be the head coach for Boise. Uh, but Boise is now apparently interviewing other people. So there's no telling either they're going through their due diligence or they've moved on from Andy Avalos. Uh, he's the defensive coordinator at Oregon. Um, let me see just to make sure. But, you know, he's the defensive coordinator at Oregon. I think he's worked with um, Brian Harson before. Yeah, so he worked with Brian Harson. He was a D-line coach at Boise State. He was a linebacker coach. He was a defensive coordinator. So he's done kind of all levels at Boise. Uh, and now he's been at Oregon for about a year or so. I wasn't super impressed with his bowl game experience. You know, that's still not a lot of experience overall. He's younger. He's just under 40. Uh, but I'm not a, I'm not a big fan. You know, I get it. He's a big attacking guy. I like that. Uh, Marcus Freeman's another name that maybe gets mentioned. But, again, the only one I've actually seen really mentioned is today, this morning, Derek Mason. That was the first on the defensive side I've heard anything. Again, no cornerback coach, no safety coach, no clue on – if they'll just combine that to be a defensive back coach, we'll see. I'm not sure who would do special teams. Typically, that's a guy who doesn't usually have much on their plate already. So maybe it's a Brad Bedell who's just doing tight ends and halfbacks, but also helping with O-line, maybe does special teams. Uh, I would like an emphasis on special teams. I feel like we've kind of been lacking there compared to what we used to have. 
as far as like kickers just being mentally prepared, you know, punter. I, I like the hang time and I love the answer that, uh, you know, I got from Jake Crane on uh, about hang time. Um, but I do think that we need to get some more distance sometimes when we're trying to flip the field uh, and and just find that medium. I think we're if you're punting at 40 and you're not getting any returns, that's great. But I think sometimes you need that 45, 50, depending on where you're at on the field. And you just got to make sure your cover guys are better prepared to do that. So uh, anyway, strength and conditioning, again, I don't know. Ryan Russell's gone. I would love to see Aaron Feld. Uh, he's the strength and conditioning coach at Oregon with the beautiful mustache. He is actually, I think, born and raised Alabama. He went to Mississippi State. Uh, word is that he grew up an Auburn fan. He was an assistant strength and conditioning coach with Georgia, which is one of the better groups, I think, as far as getting their players you know, into a really good build. He's a younger guy, energetic. He's kind of funny. I think he might even help in a way in recruiting, uh, just kind of with his personality. But again, uh, that's really it. Uh, quick tidbit as far as keeping players. A lot of guys are still on the fence. Big Cat Bryant's on the fence. He's not guaranteed. Jamie and Sherwood's on the fence. Roger McCreary's on the fence. It doesn't sound like there's any news about Tut going anywhere. Uh, it doesn't sound like there's any news about Smoke Monday going anywhere. Uh, the D-line, I've not heard anything. Again, Big Cat's on the fence, but I haven't heard anything from guys like Tyrone Truesdale or Daquan Newkirk who could use this extra year of eligibility. Uh, again, I don't see them being drafted, or at least not high, if they do try to go into the NFL. So we will see. As far as recruiting goes, again, some guys from 2022 class have picked up. I really don't want to get too much into the 2022 weeds until, honestly, next high school football season. So after the summer, we'll probably start getting closer and are really discussing that kind of recruiting. Uh, for this class, Dante Balfour picked up an offer from Penn State. Uh, he's picked up offers from everywhere lately. We kind of got in on him early before anybody else did. Uh, and now all of a sudden he's got this huge, ridiculous offer list because they saw his length. You know, he plays in a really small town, Stark, Florida. Uh, we went there one year for regionals and wrestling. It was terrible. They had two little motels. They weren't even Motel 6s. They were like Motel 3s. Uh and it's, it's a really small town. And I think that kind of hurts his draft stock, but the kid's long. I think he's in that six, two, six, three range. Uh, and you can't teach that, you know, you can work as hard as you want. You're not going to go from a five eleven corner to a six, three corner once you're done growing. So people like his length. They like his size. He's a competitive kid. He's got that kind of swagger. You would hope to have at the cornerback position, kind of a smoke Monday type as far as personality goes. Now he's the bell at the ball because all these schools are talking to him, but he's, he's supposed to speak with Harson today. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. We also know that Grant Calcaterra spoke with Harson the other day. We don't know how that conversation went. I'm assuming it went well based off the fact that, you know, he wasn't really, uh, we haven't heard any news of like, Oh, well he's out. Um, as far as that goes, we're still kind of waiting for, Harson to get his position guys in place. Uh, Eric Wilson, again, is kind of in holding pattern. That's the transfer offensive lineman from Harvard. Until we get our offensive line coach decided, he meets him, hopefully builds a relationship. That's something that might go all the way closer to signing day, to be honest. Because uh, Eric Wilson's made it clear that a relationship's incredibly important for him. 
So I'll keep you guys updated. Make sure you're following me at Barning Knight. I don't know where else you would hear this if you weren't. Uh, War Eagle, as always, I think tomorrow we're going to talk about kind of a projected depth chart uh, that 247's released. We're going to break it down, talk about it a little bit. Uh, but thanks for tuning in. This has been Barning Knight's Roundtable. I'm Coach Zane. I love you guys. War Damn Eagle. Uh, see you guys tomorrow. Have a great work day.